0: Yay, Jesus. Okay, let's just give him thanks. Father, you are amazing. You are amazing. But you know, miracles are a manifestation of the glory of God. Hallelujah. It's just a manifestation of who God is. And we, we can't pretend or slip into the comfortable zone of having a cultural Christianity that doesn't, you know, venture out there and stays in the place where we're culturally safe, but we actually have to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, this is his idea for seeing the kingdom manifested on it. His idea for evangelism was go into a town, heal the sick that are there, tell them that the kingdom of God has come upon them. And he's the same today. Yesterday, today and forever. He is still doing miracles today and he still gives himself glory every time someone is touched. It's love that's not just theoretical, it's real, it's practical, it's beautiful. Hallelujah. Give me a wave if the Lord, over your your life, you've experienced a miracle, a healing in your body. Let me see your hands. Hello. Now keep them up and look around the room. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> now let's give God a big hand, hey? Ah, that's a worship moment. Wonderful Jesus. Oh, how we love him. Wonderful, wonderful God. I was looking around at um, home yesterday, just having a, a, a rest, and um, I've got a big. Um, wall hanging that someone gave me who'd experienced an amazing miracle and just says nothing is impossible and then I've got a painting on the wall from a Korean artist who was healed, had a completely deaf ear had her ear opened and came back a few days later actually travelled up from one city to another to give me a painting uh, to remember and to testify again at the fact that she's been amazingly instantly healed and You know, I think it's really important that we remember the miracles of God, that we remember the good things that He's done. The Psalms talk about feeding on His faithfulness. So when things get difficult, when you're having a hard time, when the enemy comes in and starts to harass you, you need to be able to pull something out and say, remember this, I remember this, I remember this, I want to look at that. Hallelujah. Going through and writing my books... I've had to go back and every miracle, every testimony has to be, you know, signed off and documented and they have to sign release forms. And it's quite a wonderful thing to be able to have to ring them all up and find out how they're still doing and to remember. You go, I forgot about that. How could I forget about that? And, you know, I think it's so important that in our own lives, in your own history with God, that you are making a record of the things that the Lord does. You know, I've been keeping little journals since I was a young teenager, and I'd write, you know, it used to be quite sporadic. I'd have sometimes do really well, sometimes write in there a bit and then not write for months. But I'd write down significant events, significant things, and for me, they were often very personal. Like I, I was word or this chorus this line in this song spoke to my heart and I knew it was God and they, they, these things that perhaps may not mean a whole lot to somebody else but that you knew in your heart oh God spoke to me these things are so important that we we are deliberate you know we're not to remember The sins and the failures, but we are called to feed on the faithfulness of God, to remember His goodness. Hallelujah! I've been um, uh, harassing you for the last several weeks, both here and via um, video, to be deliberate. To get get a journal, even if you say I'm not a journaler, you don't have to write copious amounts. But even if you were deliberate just to every day make a note of the scripture that you read or something that stood out to you or a a line in a song that the Holy Spirit highlighted to you or, or a prayer that you prayed or a prayer that was answered or something, if you just wrote something every day, it's your way of checking in every day with God and keeping yourself accountable. But people go and they pay lots of money to get personal trainers and do all sorts of things because they want accountability. But I tell you what, if you struggle to get to the gym, if you struggle to do exercise, let me tell you, there's a whole lot more warfare going on about your personal time with the Lord than there is about any other aspect of your life. The enemy's terrified of you listening to the Lord, reading the Word, getting still with Him. You know, it doesn't matter if it's only ten minutes a day, but if you did it every day and you started to make it a deliberate priority, things would begin to shift in your life. You know, I I've said it often, you know, you're better off doing ten minutes every day than four minutes one four four hours one day and nothing for ten days. If you if you would be deliberate just to Take time to make it, ingrain it as a habit in your life. They say it takes 30 days to create a habit. But if you were intentional, just every day I'm going to take 10 minutes. For me, I, I like to get up and get my cup of tea first. Otherwise, I tend to drift back off to sleep. I don't know about everybody else. But I, I, I look forward to it. And it's my, it's my opportunity to get my cup of tea, and put my music on, and get my journal out, and get my Bible out, and then I'm, I'm all excited, because it's like, we all get to hear from God. And re- even if I'm just reading the word, or or whatever it is, it's my entrance into the day. Now, through the day, I like much more time than that. I like to be able to have three meals a day and snacks when it comes to God. I like to listen to the audio Bible as I go to sleep. I, I've been studying the Gospels, because I've just had a deep hunger to know Jesus recently it's just i want to know the person of Jesus but you know you can you can have all the ideas of what you want to do but if you would just start if you would just start and be accountable to yourself and perhaps even find a friend that you can uh, help you be accountable to do the 10 minutes a day i be- i believe you were going to have a better year than you've ever had amen Amen. We're listening, Pastor Kay. We love you. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Well, let's pray. Father, you are so faithful. You are so good. And Lord, we ask for your presence, Lord, just to fill this house. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, we want to know what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I was reading a quote from D.L. Moody. He says that there is no better evangelist in the world than the Holy Spirit. And I think about that when I think about the testimonies and the miracles that I see. I think, God, there is no better evangelist than you. Holy Spirit, there is no one that can do what you do. And to see family members get saved when a loved one's received a miracle is just So much joy, so much delight. And God, with God, it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Hallelujah. Nothing will be impossible. It means that the rules of this world don't apply. You suddenly are no longer a citizen of earth. When you are born again, you become a new creation in Christ and the rules suddenly change. Nothing is impossible. If you're abiding by the rules of of nature and 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 the world, you know, you might get discouraged by a negative doctor's report. You might get discouraged by a circumstance. But when you deliberately get your head up into the kingdom and recognize that, hey, I am not anymore to think like a mere human. I've been given the mind of Christ. I've been raised up with him. We're seated with him in heavenly places. And now he says, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Yeah. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus says, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will be move and nothing will be impossible for you. This is such an incredible invitation that God waits for us to respond to. What an amazing opportunity. Why would we settle for a cultural Christianity that has a form of godliness but denies its power? This word is so full, it's rich and ripe and full of invitations waiting for you to open. It's like like a book full of presents waiting for you to open and enjoy. And it needs to be read, not as something that, oh, I hope I'm going to try to have one day or something I need to try and measure up to. It is actually a description of the kingdom that you have been transferred into as new creations. Hallelujah. Oh, that's actually more exciting than you are reacting to. Like, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So how do we have faith? I've been speaking about love recently. And I want to share some more about that. But, you know, faith works by love. A lot of people say, oh, if I could just have some more faith. Jesus says here, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, which is tiny, you can say to this mountain, hey, move from here to there, and it will move. And so people have said for a long time, "Well." What's the key to faith? How do I have faith? The good news is, hallelujah, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith, activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Love is the key to the kingdom. It's the key to faith. Faith works. It's energized. It's activated by love. Hallelujah. No, Now, it, we're told in, in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. We could quote that verse. They shall be strong and do great ex- exploits. But the key is those who know their God. When you look up that word know, it's actually the same word that, that is used in Genesis when Cain knew his wife and conceived. It's an intimate term, Yada. God saying, Those that would intimately know me. These are the ones who will be strong and do great exploits. It's because faith works by love. God does not expect us to have faith in somebody we don't know. It's very hard to have faith in somebody you don't know. To trust the word of somebody that you don't have an intimate connection with. That you don't really know. Now... The good news about the Father is even if we knew somebody so well, they could still let us down. Humans do that. They're fragile. They're weak. But the Bible tells us that God, His name written on His thigh is faithful and true. He doesn't lie. And when you get to know him, you don't have to be afraid that he's somehow not going to do what he says he's going to do. You, but if you are trying to have faith based on a concept or a theological belief, you will struggle when the emotions rise up, when the circumstances and the waves around you are roaring. You need more than just a head knowledge. You need to have an intimate heart connection that says, but I know him. I know him. Where it's, you don't even have to understand it all. I remember watching The Hiding Place. Anyone ever see the movie The Hiding Place about um, uh, Corrie ten Boom and her sister Betsy? And um, Betsy's in there one night in the concentration camp. They were in there for hiding Jewish people, and um, she's just sharing the gospel, and one of her inmates calls out, well, if he's so real, why are you here? And she just answers, if you knew him, you wouldn't even need to ask why. Because there's a place of knowing God that faith comes that doesn't even make sense, it's a peace that passes understanding that makes everything else not even relevant. There is a depth of knowing God that brings a joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. There is a joy that comes from knowing Him that causes faith that is supernatural. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Now, I... am. Um, with, I've been studying the book of Mark recently and enjoying it. But reading about the father who brought his son to the disciples and they weren't able to um, cast out the, the demon in his son. It's in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus says to the father, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, obviously, he had a level of faith to bring his son to the disciples in the first place. He obviously believed that miracles were happening. He obviously believed that God could do it. But you know, his heart suddenly cried out, I want to have a revelation. Help me. And the Father delights to give us a supernatural knowing, a knowing that's beyond a theory, a knowing that comes that is Supernaturally birthed on the inside of you. Hallelujah. It's why we pray the apostolic prayers, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3. It's because the Spirit of God wants to give you a supernatural revelation, un- enlightening the eyes of your understanding in the knowledge of who He is. Because when you start to know Him, when you get a revelation of who He is, suddenly faith is supernaturally activated. Hallelujah. This is the power of love. Wonderful Jesus. You know, it's difficult. It is difficult to have faith when you don't know the one you're trying to have faith in. So that's why I love to talk about Ephesians chapter 3 and that prayer that changed my life, changed my life forever. I personalised and prayed this prayer for three months every day based on the testimony of someone else who'd done it and had amazing results. So I went, I'm going to do that. I was so insecure. I was so full of rejection. I loved God, but I thought, I need I need this love, this this love that causes you to be rooted and established. I love that I need a revelation supernaturally of this love that will help me not feel so inadequate and so needy all the time. And so I began to pray this prayer, and I personalized it. And it's here in verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Ah. I prayed this, believing I would receive it, because I'd also read the scripture that said, whatever you ask according to his will, you could have. And I knew this was the will of God for me, because it was for all the saints. Hallelujah. So you can pray that with absolute confidence, regardless of how you feel. Hallelujah. You can tell yourself, hey, soul, sort yourself out. I'm going to tell you how to feel right now. Why are you downcast within me? Hope in God. Let me tell you some truth. I want to tell you the truth. This is what the Bible says. Bless God. Forget not all his benefits. You've been forgiven. Your iniquities have been taken away. Your crookedness has been taken away taken out of you and you've been healed he heals all your diseases hey soul bless god and so even if my heart condemns me the scripture says he's greater than my heart hallelujah so i can't let my heart rob me of the joy that god wants to release to me hallelujah He wants to so fill me with the fullness of His love that my emotions get absolutely so carried away that I can't handle it anymore and I have to pray for supernatural help to be able to comprehend this love that's beyond the human capacity to emotionally handle. He wants to give a, a love to you that is beyond your capacity to understand, feel or even imagine. He wants to bring you into the place where you are filled up to overflowing so that you actually live and move and have your being inside this ocean of love that is never-ending, unfathomable, and unable to be understood humanly. It's a love that casts out fear. Hallelujah. First John chapter 4. Verse 17 says this, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Will you have boldness on the day of judgment? The Bible says, Love has been perfected among us in this, so that you may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is. So are we in this world. <laughs> oh, you missed it. That was your opportunity to worship. Oh, that's just the goodness of the gospel right there in a sentence. Ha! Ah, you've been set free from you. Hooray. You've been crucified with Christ, raised up with him, seated with him in heavenly places. It is no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you because of this fact. You can have boldness on the day of judgment because now as he is, so are we in this world. What's he like? What's he like? It's an invitation to know him. What's he like? He's utterly holy. He's altogether lovely. He is kindness personified. He's patience personified. He's not envious. He's not boastful. He's not proud. He's not rude. When your heart is feeling irritated, when you're feeling frustrated and moody and, and, and irritable... Thank God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, I've been delivered from me. I don't have to fight this and I don't certainly don't have to buy into it. Thank you, God, you delivered Catherine from Catherine. Oh, hooray! I will remember. When I feel like oh I'm being pulled into this irritable, frustrated mood. I'll go, what on earth? Who on earth is trying to hold my hand and pull me into that? Excuse me. No. you, you, I do not belong to you. Because sin comes that way. It's like, come here. You feel really irritable. Come on. Yeah. You need to be self-indulgent right now. And you can go, oh, oh, I feel myself getting self-indulgent. I feel myself getting irritable. Oh, no, what am I going to do? What you're going to do is you're going to do what Jesus did when he was tempted. You're going to use the word of God. The word of God says, you have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you as he is. So are you in this world. What are you saying? I am not irritable. That is not who I am tell you some truth. You need reminding right now. James says, if I'm a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's simply because I've forgotten what I look like. If you're a hearer of the word and you're not a doer and you're like, oh, I'm having a bad day. I'm feeling really irritable. You've forgotten what you look like. And you don't need to get condemned and frustrated about it. You simply need to start preaching the truth to yourself. It's that knowing Him, the truth, the way, the truth, the life, the truth, and knowing the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. So you need to preach it. You need to speak it to yourself. Hallelujah. That's a good word. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear there's the key to faith. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, you could read that and go, okay, well, that's my problem. I'm not being made perfect in love. I have to be made perfect in love. Help me. Oh, God, if only I could get what she's got. If only I could get made perfect in love. And we miss it again, and we think that it's somehow a measure that we've got to somehow try to attain to. When God's saying, no, this is the invitation. You aren't distant from me trying to get into love. It's no longer you, but I who live in you. You are already in me, and I in you. I am love. Now I want you to rest into the reality of it. I've been there. (laughs) Okay, I fear, therefore I've not been made perfect in love. I'm trying to be made perfect in love. Help me to become perfect in love. Oh, God. Oh, I didn't do very well there. Oh, Lord, help me. And I'm thinking like an orphan when I think like that. I'm thinking like someone trying to get in When the the Lord's already brought me right in. Hallelujah. I'm simply being deceived into forgetting the truth of what I actually look like and where I already am. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. This verse has come straight after him saying, reminding us, as he is. So are we in this world. Basically, this is a description of your privilege. Let me read it again from verse 17. And I want you to hear it as a description of the privilege you have as a a child of the kingdom. Love has been perfected among us in this. So if you're still trying to be perfected in love, stop it and get saved. Because salvation means you have been delivered from that place of fear and torment. You have been delivered from being a slave to the one that would make you afraid that you are somehow no longer, that you're not accepted, that you're not loved. You've been transferred out of his clutches into the kingdom of life at light. And the truth is now, you have had love perfected among you in this, that you have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world you either are or you aren't and if you are you must be the just who live by faith (laughs) hallelujah if you feel like i don't feel like it i don't feel like it everybody experiences those sort of emotions but your emotions are not the boss of you Hooray! The enemy loves to come and play on them and, and he'll, he'll, he'll use your emotions to say, hey, 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 now you're feeling that. This must be true. Come here. Oh, yes, come here. And you have to go, actually, no. The just live by faith. The just don't live by emotion. I am the just, not because I've behaved well enough to earn it. I am the just because I've confessed my sin and the Bible tells me he is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ because I have forsaken sin. I have forsaken my old life and received the life of Christ by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been made a new creation hallelujah it's happy news you know emotions aren't bad God gave us emotions but the kingdom of God is actually defined as righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit not fear shame and condemnation in your emotions I've been praying recently, your kingdom come with a new, fresh revelation. Just an expansion of the Holy Spirit starting to help me see the invitation that we have to live right now in the kingdom. We have been invited into a place where we can continually walk Without fear, we can continually walk in supernatural peace regardless of what's going on around us. We've been invited into the place where we can have joy that makes our eyes sparkle, whether you've had enough sleep or not. It's called the kingdom, and it's an ocean. Wonderful Jesus. Righteousness leads to peace and joy, and the key to the kingdom, the key to righteousness, peace and joy, the kingdom of God, is love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The key and the entrance to the kingdom is receiving the love that God has for us. Believing it, receiving it, and responding to it. Hallelujah. And when we respond to the love of God and let him love us, that love activates, empowers within us a faith that believes I have been made righteous. And that belief, that faith that he wants to so enrich every day with the lavish love that you can't handle emotionally that you need supernatural help for, that magnificent revelation of his love will empower you to actually believe I have become the righteousness of God in Christ. I am no longer who everybody used to say I was. I'm no longer defined by my personality. I'm no longer defined by my weaknesses. I have been crucified with Christ. I'm dead and now he lives in me. Hallelujah. And when you get that settled, you need to feed on the reality of it every day. You need to look in the mirror of the Word of God. You need to let Him repeat and renew the reality of His love for you. You need to let Him renew the truth to you and remind you what you look like, that you are the righteousness of God because without it you cannot have true peace. Because if you don't believe it, you will have fear that will bring torments, that will not allow peace to rule and reign in your heart. Therefore, you can't live in a place of consistent joy. So, without love, you can't actually enjoy the kingdom that you've been brought into. So, love isn't just a nice thing for the really needy ones. Love just isn't, you know, my thing. Love is the source of everything. God is love. And His love is what will empower you to believe. Hallelujah. We need to anchor ourselves in Him because He's faithful. And this, the Word, you know, the Bible says that He is the Word. The word was with God and the word was God. God, who is love, is also the word. Hallelujah. And God, who is love, wants to love you until every trace of fear is removed. Hallelujah. Yes. Let's just give him worship. Father, thank you. God, <laughs> oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. You know, it says in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were never covered with shame. But the enemy wants continually to try and cover your face with shame. He wants you to live in the hangover of the emotions that you feel about what you did yesterday. It's called condemnation. It's like a a hangover of emotions that don't even make sense because you've believed that He's forgiven you, yet the emotions sometimes take a while to catch up. But the Bible tells us all we need to do is talk to Him. This knowing is an actual real relationship. You can tell Him anything. You can be so real with him and you can say, yes, Lord, I believe in you. This is how I'm feeling. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to put any masks on. You can say, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. I did this myself. And, I, you know, I, I experience fears. They, they come against me. But I. Pastor Joel preached powerfully on this a while back on identifying your fears And writing them down and then writing the truth. So I did that. And I was going through my journal just recently while I was overseas. I had some fears trying to come back. And so I opened up my journal back to that that time where I'd written out the, the lie that I was hearing. And then I'd written out the truth that was said in the word of God. And I wrote another lie and I wrote the truth. And I'd write down experiences that God had given me, encounters with him that were backing up the word. Hallelujah. And as I looked at it, I just got so happy. It becomes clear. Hallelujah. I don't have to be afraid of being afraid. Because I would get afraid of being afraid because then i feel like I don't want what I'm fearing to come upon me. I'm afraid of being afraid. So you can be absolutely real with God and say, I've been feeling like this, but here's the truth. This is what you say. Hooray. And as you begin to speak the truth out loud, you can absolutely feel the Father come. And then he gave me dreams. He does this regularly. He'll just come and give me a dream that will just reveal his kindness to me and make me wake up smiling. Like, oh, God, you're so lovely. And as I was doing this, that particular morning, just last week, just going through my old, old journal notes and I had some music playing and I had the Stephanie Frizzell, the Undoing album playing. And um, the, as I'm looking through the, the truth and the lies and, and remembering a dream that the Lord had given me just to comfort me and encourage me and the word of God and the scriptures that he'd given to me, I could hear in the background You remind me of things forgotten. You unwind me until I'm totally undone. And in your arms around me, fear is no match for your love. I'm like, oh, God. And he personally loves on us. And his kindness still surprises me. He still surprises me with his kindness. It, we, we think, you know, by now we should be hearing God speak to us a bit more sternly because we can handle it. But he doesn't. He's just kind, it's actually who he is. He is kind. And he wants his kindness, he wants his love to so overwhelm you that you can no longer handle it and you have to start crying out for the Holy Ghost to give you supernatural power because he wants to do more than make you feel better. He wants to fill you up until you overflow and you start to cry out, now unto you who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask, hope or imagine, to you be glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations. Hallelujah. It's an explosion of faith that comes from being filled with all the fullness of God, that comes from being rooted and established in His love. Hallelujah.